Good morning. Um, I'm so glad we get to connect with you this way. But I must say, I have missed you. I've missed seeing your beautiful faces, uh, doing regular life with each other, praying together, talking, laughing, crying. Uh, I've missed that. I'm grieving the loss of community. So I can't wait to see you face to face. Uh, I want you to know Dervin and I pray for you uh, often. We remember your faces and uh, we see God's beauty in your faces as we pray for you. So we are going to continue on the series, one another series today. Uh, the passage that has been given to me is from Colossians 3, uh, verses 12 to 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have grievances against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So you know when there's a passage that starts with therefore, uh, we have to find out what happened before. So in verse 10 and 11, uh, Paul says, Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Uh, Colossians is an amazing book. I love uh, Colossians. If you have time today, uh, read it. Probably it'll take you uh, 15 to 30 minutes, somewhere along there. It has amazing theology. Um, if you want to know who Christ is, chapter 1 talks about that. Um, grand theology, big picture. And chapter 2 talks about what Christ did for us on the cross. And chapter 3 talks about living this new life in Christ. The analogy Paul takes is uh, in chapter 3 is taking off your old clothes, your rags, um, which is anger, rage, malice, slander, and obscene talk. I love it the way uh, the message puts it. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, and dirty talk. In verse 10, he says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. You know, he's talking about knowing your creator. It's not like, you know, you study for a chemistry exam or accounting exam or physics exam. It's not, he's not talking about that kind of knowing. He's talking about me knowing my 
sons, my boys. My boys are growing up, and I find they are changing. They are not the same boys that I knew a few years ago. They've been away. Uh, they are growing differently. So uh, I need to know them. It's that kind of knowing, uh, knowing the Father, Jesus, and the Spirit. Um, it's, it's a living relationship. The more you know the Trinity, the more intimate you get with them, the more you know who they are, but you also know who you are. Then you realize your identity. Because that's why in verse 12, he says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You are chosen, holy, dearly loved people. That's your identity. You know, it's funny, it's in the Old Testament, this language, this is exact words were used about the nation of Israel. And here, Paul is using to the church, the church in Colossae. You are chosen. You are set apart by the King of Kings for His glorious purpose. This, is, uh, this has meaning. This has purpose. This has identity. And he says, you are Loved beyond measure, dearly loved. Not because of anything you have done or anything you didn't do. It's because you are his child. And his, his feelings towards you are, you are my son, my daughter, whom I love, in whom I am well pleased. It's interesting that Paul would say this. Your new nature is to become like your creator. What are the things Paul wants you to clothe yourselves with, to put on? It's the five things, right? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Again, it's interesting that these are, uh, Paul, who is so well-versed in Old Testament, uh, these are characters of God. Uh, the two passages, uh, one is from Old Testament, uh, Exodus chapter 34. There is this self-declaration of God, Yahweh. He talks about himself, who he is. He says, Yahweh, Yahweh, the God of compassion. There is that word, compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger. That's the word patient, slow to anger. In some of your uh, versions, it says uh, long-suffering. Uh, and filled with loving kindness and faithfulness. There's that word, loving kindness. That's where the, the, the root word uh, for kindness comes from, and faithfulness. I la lavish loving kindness to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. Do you see those words? I forgive, and we are going to talk about forgiveness uh, in a little while. 
The other scripture uh, is in, in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 11. A lot of you know this uh, passage. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Then he says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This is the creator of the universe. He says to us, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Did you see those two words? Gentle and humble in heart. Uh, some of your versions, it says meek. Um, so there's these words. These are the characters of God. Uh, compassion, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a gut word. You feel it deep within you. Um, compassion. Um, humility, it's interesting. Humility in the ancient Greek, they didn't have even the word humility as a virtue. Uh, until Jesus' death and the birth of the church and the expansion of the church, that's when when Christianity started spreading, that's when humilitas became a virtue. Uh, gentleness, like I said, uh, in some of your versions, it may say lowliness of heart, meek. Uh, it's not a wimpy word. Uh, if you are trying to picture something, this is a wild horse that has been brought under control. A power under control. So this is what Jesus is talking about. Um, and patience. Patience is long-suffering or slow to anger in spite of people's foolishness or ill-treatment. Do you see? This is our God. This is who they are. This is their character. And yet Paul tells us to clothe ourselves with these things, as if though we could, it's like putting on your coat. He says, put this on. How can we do this? Where do we have the power to do this? The key is in verse 11. He says, Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. In another book, Paul talks about Christ, the hope of glory. He lives in you and me. Therefore, we have the power to clothe ourselves with the things of God, with compassion, with kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Um, I think it's interesting, uh, Jesus, just before he went to the cross, he had this conversation uh, with his disciples. And in John chapter 15, he talks about, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. As long as you abide with me, as long as you live with me, you will bear fruit, fruit that will last. It's this intimacy that Jesus is talking about. Uh, that's going to produce all these things. It's interesting, you know, when I am not doing well in life, what I mean by that is when fear is crowding my life, when I'm stressed, uh, when I'm living without margins, 
when I'm feeling insecure, I have a tendency to go back and wear those rags, these old rags, right? Uh, that Paul talks about anger, bad temper, irritability, this critical spirit. Uh, for me, these are signs that I am not living well. I'm an extrovert, so this is how it comes to me. Maybe you are an introvert, you tend to be subversive. Uh, maybe you might have this seething anger that Paul is talking about, the anger that is under the radar. Uh, there is this meanness, uh, uh, slander, there's critical spirit, you are irritable. These are signs that we are not doing well. And sometimes I don't even know I'm not doing well, right? Uh, it's, a, it's a blind spot for me. And Derwin will have to come and say to me, how are you doing, Angel? Are you doing okay? Because he's seeing the signs of it. For me, when I see these signs, it's like uh, on your dashboard, right? The red light comes on. Okay, you need to put gas or you need to change your oil. For me, these are signs uh, that say, okay, Angel, you need to pull back. We, you need to slow down. You know, some of the disciplines we talked about in January, February, March, uh, disciplines of silence, solitude, Sabbath keeping, prayer, listening to Jesus, making time to listen to Jesus. Um, it's increasing my intimacy with Jesus. I want to encourage you, especially during this pandemic season. Uh, we are in, um, in fear. It's a time of fear. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, if you put on the TV, it's bad news all the time. Um, we have divided views on everything. You know, should my kids go to school in, the, in September? Should I not send my kids to school in September? Should I wear a mask? Should I not wear a mask? Is it uh, impacting my individual rights or is it corporate rights? Uh, is my work going to be okay? Um, is the economic conditions going to go down or is it going to go up? Uh, this, all this, in everything, uh, there's divided views. During this time when we are up and down, be intentional. Put on, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Because at the end of the day, Paul would say, Christ is all that matters and he lives in us. I'm going to give you a minute of silence. And I want you to meditate and ask Jesus, who lives in you, ask these questions. Where am I, Jesus? When I look back at the last few months, am I leaning more towards the old rags? Or am I leaning more towards the new robes that you are offering me?
In verse 13, um, Paul goes on. He says, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Uh, I like uh, in another version it says, uh, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. The first part of it, he says, is make allowances for each other's faults. I don't know whether you have figured it out. We are broken people. We are on the journey of healing. And I have a feeling that we are going to be on this journey all our lives, some way, shape, or form. Uh, so don't expect perfection from each other. If you do, you are going to be deeply, deeply disappointed. You're going to be disappointed by church. You know, church is a safe place for imperfect progress. It's long obedience in the same direction. So, but there is ups and there is downs. So Paul is writing this to the church in Colossae. Make allowances for each other's faults. You know, uh, I'm thinking of the disciple uh, whom Jesus loved in, in John, right? Um, we think, oh... He was such a nice disciple. He was so peaceful and calm, and he followed Jesus. But, you know, initially when they were in Jesus' tribe there, they were called sons of thunder, James and John. You know, they wanted to call down fire on people who didn't do things their way. So they had anger issues. But by the time... John wrote the book, the gospel, probably they think he must have been 60 or so. He had changed. He became the one whom Jesus loved. He was always the one Jesus loved, but he changed. And uh, we are on a journey. So make allowances for each other's faults. And then Paul says, and forgive anyone who offends you. Uh, earlier in chapter 3, Paul talks about these things that are lurking within us. Uh, these old rags that we tend to wear, right? Um, these are sins of one another sins, right? Um, interesting, when these things bubble up in me, these are... Uh, these things that lurk within me or these old rags that I tend to wear, when I blow up or uh, when I do things wrong, I want mercy from God. But if these things were done to me, I want justice. Uh, let me explain. Um, let's say I lose it with Derwin, with my bad temper or irritability. Uh, I want Derwin to show me mercy. And I want him to show me mercy quickly and say he forgives me. But, now if he did it to me, there's anger or uh, 
irritability. I am offended. I am mad. And this is the nature of who we are. We are selfish creatures, uh, wants what's best for us, and our culture uh, expects that of us uh, to put ourselves first. And so I'm going to tell you, we are going to offend each other, especially in your homes, the people whom you do community with, life with, your family, uh, especially the ones you sleep with, you are going to offend each other. Hopefully, less and less over the period of time. But we are going to offend each other. If you do, ask for forgiveness quickly. Don't be so defensive. Be humble and be meek. If Jesus, the creator of the universe, says, I am gentle and humble at heart, surely we could be that. Now, sometimes we get offended when we are slighted or given a second place, we get offended could it be we think maybe too highly of ourselves? Um, you know, we think we should be treated better. Um, again, put on these things that, that Paul is talking about. And the last part of it is, uh, Paul says, Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. It's interesting, Jesus talks a lot about forgiveness. Uh, a lot. In fact, uh, uh, once Peter comes to him and says, how many times should I forgive? Seven times? And I think he's feeling magnanimous, you know, forgiving somebody seven times. And Jesus said, no, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. In the ancient uh, times, if 70 times seven meant infinite amount of times. I think Jesus talks about forgiveness so much because he knows our human heart is not meant to carry the burden of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness left unattended becomes bitterness. It's like a disease that could kill our hearts. It's like an aggressive form of cancer and the only treatment you've got is forgiveness. Forgiveness paves the way for redemption. You know that, right? When we receive God's forgiveness, our lives are redeemed. When we give forgiveness, our relationships are redeemed. The broken ones gets redeemed. He's, Jesus is not asking you to forgive because it's the right thing to do or it's the Christian thing to do. He is asking you to forgive because that's the only way to heal your broken heart. Some of you have been hurt very deeply by others. Uh, some of you in your childhood, uh, you've been hurt. Uh, there has been, for some of you, in your adult, adult life, uh, there has been betrayal of trust. Uh, painful words were spoken to you. Uh, painful actions. 
uh, that deeply, deeply wounded you. Forgiveness doesn't mean what happened to you is okay. That's not what you are doing when you forgive somebody. Forgiveness is the first step. Uh, it doesn't mean, forgiveness doesn't mean there is reconciliation. Sometimes there cannot be reconciliation. Maybe the person is dead. Uh, maybe it's not even safe for reconciliation. Uh, forgiveness is not even for the sake of the other person. Forgiveness is the only way to sever, cut off the suffering. If you are waiting for the other person to say sorry or repent or change their behavior, that might never happen. What you are doing is you are waiting for them to make a decision for you to heal your heart. You are, your healing now all of a sudden dependent on the other person. Other person's decision, other person's timing, which may or may not happen. Forgiveness, me deciding to give forgiveness is my decision to make regarding my life and my healing, because you know, at the end of the day, we only have control of our lives. God's forgiveness has flowed into me. Now, I have to let it flow into others. Uh, it's interesting, in, in Matthew chapter uh, 6, there's the Lord's Prayer. In the middle of it, uh, Jesus says, uh, Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And just before that, he says, give us our daily bread. And then he goes on to forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Uh, forgive us our debts. The first part is confession, right? It's quietening the chaos inside me with God. Uh, David, uh, in Psalm 32, he says, When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. I have done this. You know, you groan all day long. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. Wow, the, the burden is taken. And he says, all my guilt is gone. There is peace within you. F giving forgiveness to others is the chaos between us. It's quietening the chaos between us in our relationship. We need confession and we need to forgive others like we need food every day, like we need water every day. That's why Jesus prayed that prayer. Forgiveness stops our suffering inside. I'm going to give you a couple of minutes um, of silence again. Even as we have been talking about this, I'm sure for some of you, names 
and people have come to mind. People who have hurt you and wounded you. For those of you who are suffering due to the, what others have done to you, I want to say, I am sorry for your pain. I am sorry what you are going through. I am sorry you were treated that way and that you are wounded in those places. May God cause forgiveness to flow through into you so that you can forgive the person who hurt you. While I was uh, praying for you, I had this picture while I was preparing this message. For those of you who know me, uh, you know I love to decorate. Um, that's my hobby. It gives me life. Uh, and if you have watched any shows on HGTV, House Renovations, uh, there's this new craze right now. Uh, it's all about open concept, right? You take out the walls. Why? Because people want to uh, invite their family and their friends and have gatherings so that they could eat together and have community together. When people hurt us and wound us, we have a tendency to build walls, uh, walls that protect us, right? Some of us have done this when we were young. Uh, if we were hurt, wounded, um, we build walls around us. Um, what happens to us is we are living in this isolated life, right? Uh, it's like, you know, living in these houses before the renovation. You know, the wife says, I'm cooking in the kitchen and the guests are in the, somewhere in another room. We are living these isolated lives. I sense God wants to renovate our hearts. He wants to bring down the walls that we have built up in pain because of our wounds. Some of them we have built up over years. He wants us to live this open concept life. You know, in these renovations, you can't just go and take down walls. You know, first you have to get the architect, the original drawings, um, and you need to have lots of money because you need to get this beam that's gonna go across the whole house uh, which is thousands upon thousands of dollars. And uh, then after you put the beams, then you have seen the original drawing, then you can take down all these walls. You know, Jesus is the architect. He knows the original drawings about you. He knew you before the foundations of the earth. You know, and the amazing thing is the beam didn't come cheap for him either. The beam is the cross that goes across our lives and he paid for that 
with his own life. It cost him everything. And because he paid the price with his life, we get to take down the walls. And he is the perfect contractor. He could come and take out all the walls and renovate your heart and your life. He wants you to live a large and spacious life without bitterness, without unforgiveness. Would you let him? The last part of it is, uh, is uh, Paul says, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. If you want to know what love is, uh, read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It talks about love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it does not keep accounts of wrong. Um, and my prayer as you go home, uh, as uh, you live this week, that you would experience this peace that Jesus could come and give you, the shalom he wants to give you. Because at the end of the day, Christ is all that matters. And he lives in us. May God bless you. Amen.